Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Monterullo, joined go. here by my co-host this week, uh, Comrade BB Netanyahu. Comrade, what's going on? I don't like that one. <laughs> it, it, he, he, to be fair, he's far more evil than any of the other fictional vampires or characters. He that talks I've like studied. a vampire. He sounds like he's trying to sound like a vampire with that voice where you... Like, ooh, like ooh, the Kissinger I, uh, voice. I talk really low. Like I, uh, I'm a tough guy, but I, uh, you know, he think real, that people's yeah. free speech should be uh, <clears throat> silenced uh, through shady means. Um, you know, he. I mean, he. Look, Netanyahu's Trump without all the 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 goofiness. Like he's he's just a a, a more. Uh, he's better at hiding his fucking atrocity, but you know, essentially. Um, I don't like him, but it. Yeah, no, I really. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. That I don't like him. I know it's controversial, but um, I'm not afraid yeah. to say I don't like a mass murderer. Yeah, so I guess we should just get right into it because we got a lot of stuff we want to cover today. Um, <clears throat> fucking Netanyahu and 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 the right wing lunatics that run Israel. Uh, they detained a 22 year old. A uh, student named um, Lara Al- Alquisem. I'm probably butchering that. Sounds but, right. Yeah. She must, um, did she do something bad, like throw rocks at the police or something? Yeah, or, or like threaten violence. No, you know, it turns out actually she uh, once in college was part of an eight-person group that uh, practiced minor uh, BDS, boycott, divestment, sanction, by uh, protesting Sabra Hummus. So apparently... That is worthy of her being detained for going on 10 days now uh, and being <clears throat> deported from Israel, despite the fact that she uh, won a scholarship to uh, Hebrew University to study human rights. <laughs> Not kidding. I, I bet I know, there was I, a lot of Israelis who were appalled to find out that was an available course at that school. <laughs> but 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 it's just the irony. Like She's, she's literally coming to Israel. This is a woman, American citizen of Palestinian descent, uh, descent uh, who is not even in support of BDS. Not that there's literally anything wrong with saying that, hey, this horrible fucking apartheid government should be boycotted. But she's not even in support of BDS. She just happened to be in a group that uh, <laughs> participated in minor BDS by protesting Sabra Hummus um, at one point. Which is, you know, I don't blame you. I mean, if if not protesting them for the fact that they're, you know, that uh, Israeli, you know, settlement uh, factories make the fucking hummus, you could say, uh, I don't really want to get fucking listeria anytime oh, soon. So she, maybe I won't she, eat cyber hummus. But. So she wasn't protesting all hummus, just the illegally made hummus uh, uh, from a uh, Israeli company yeah. in the West Bank. Yeah, just want to be clear. Yeah. Because um, yeah. if she hated all hummus, I can understand that'd be a little offensive. I don't know. I mean, maybe this is the hottest take of all. I think hummus is is fucking gross smelling <laughs> and tasting, but yeah. that's just me. I'm a, I, have, I have weird taste buds, but well, um, if you go vegan, you're gonna find out really quick. The uh, vegan option at every fucking cafe is terrible hummus. hummus on a slab of fucking brick hard bread that you're supposed to bite your, into without chipping your teeth. <laughs> And they go, oh, weird. It's uh, the vegans struggle seem to struggle to find the proper options. It's like, well, if you had something other than fucking hummus bagel, maybe you wouldn't have to struggle, motherfucker. To be fair, isn't that more options than you've had even in like the you know the decade prior? Like, isn't that even more things than just like um, a veggie burger? Like, well, like the I mean, one option. There's apples. There's uh, 
regular bread. There's about a million things. So no, it's just the idea that like that if you the people that think that if you're vegan you don't want to eat much food, so they make the serving size much smaller, or they skimp on the toppings, and it's like I'm not on a fucking diet. I'm just trying not to eat and not to <laughs> kill anything. I'm not a fucking bird. I, I literally <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it, yeah. I, I like food. Um, I like a lot. No. Of it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in any event, so she she went there, um, and they literally what they do is they rifle through your fucking belongings. I think they found some shit in her bag, some literature, or you know, whatever, and they you know look through your social media history, and they determine that she is uh, uh, opposed to to you know illegal settlements, so she cannot be allowed into the country. But like, I, so. Number one, she didn't even, you know, do anything remotely to that extent. Number two, I don't know why that would be, you know, uh, disqualifying for her to enter the country. That's like if somebody came over here to study at, you know, Harvard or something on a scholarship from overseas and you look through their social media and they were super critical of Trump uh, locking up, you know, immigrant children in cages and shit like that. And that that it's the equivalent of us detaining them at the fucking airport jail for ten days and then deporting them. Like the, it, it's so yeah. Well, that I mean, that's why a lot of countries have visa things. You got to get approved ahead of time, right? So that you don't yeah, have this she, kind of stuff. So clearly, the... if they gave her a visa to come there to study at this university, they did this research already. So their intent was mm-hmm. to let her get there and then detain her to make a, a, oh, an example out of her. I didn't even think about that. That's yeah, true. yeah. Yeah, they don't. I mean, if you really don't want someone in the country, you don't let them get on the plane that takes you to the country in the first mm-hmm. place, right? So this was definitely a stunt by Israel, and mm. and yeah. So I mean, you, you could conceivably be denied a, a visa to come to this country because our State Department makes uh, people ha- turn over all their social media account information for the last five years just wow. to get permission to visit here. Right. So they, they definitely are looking for something far more extreme than just being critical of a policy. Um, but it, yeah, it's, you know, the fact that they let her come there, it's like like Saudi Arabia is one of the most dangerous countries to, to go to, even though there are our, our friends. Right. If you go to the Department of State travel website, it says, you know, just so you know, Saudi Arabia will do research on you grant you approval. And then when you get there, they'll arrest you for things you did in your own country. So that's, it's it's yeah, like they basically say like, hey, but that's uh, what they're doing now if, too. if you're homosexual and you have any pictures of you with your your homosexual lover on social media, they might kill you when you get there. Yeah, don't go to fucking Saudi Arabia. They'll be head, <laughs> they literally behead people for fucking you know homosexuality and weed. witchcraft. They and cut sorcery. people's heads off for weed. <laughs> I mean, no. this, and we'll talk about Saudi Arabia later because they are not that no. that that this is a fucking you know. This is a dynamic duo this week of Israel well, and Saudi Arabia. It, Lindsey Graham's two fucking masters. Israel just reaffirmed that it's a Jewish state. So it can't be in democracy if it's a, a theocracy. So they are quickly turning into Saudi Arabia. And, of course, we won't have a problem with any of that. Um, but, yeah, no, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. No, and it starts with detaining students. You know, it starts with de- detaining radicals and subversives. And then it just goes on from there. You know, and just the, the, it's everything, everything that, that Nazi Germany did, Israel is also doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're, they're a proto-fascist state. I mean, you could even say that they're a fascist state at this point. Um, there's there, there's no democracy. It's it's ridiculous to think that you can't have democracy if you don't have free speech. That's that's a core tenet of democracy. Mm-hmm. So this idea that they have elections, therefore they're a democracy, is fucking ridiculous. 
because they also don't let the Palestinians vote in their fucking elections. Like the people, you know, the people in 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 the West Bank don't get to vote. Uh, you know, it's just a it's an absurd, absurd situation, and we're not only complicit, but we are. Few, like throwing gasoline on the flames of the of this situation and what they're doing and we've said it before and i don't feel uh you know shy about saying they're they're committing an ethnic cleansing of of of, of a minor religious minority group but wait there's more their palestinians now than there ever have been before so how could it be a genocide if there's more of them anthony <laughs> that's that's always the excuse i get is like uh, it doesn't matter if they're wiping out, you know, starving people to death, mass incarceration, uh, forcing them to live in a ghetto, uh, murdering civilians. It's not for lack of as, trying. As long as <laughs> they still have a net uh, population increase, then it can't be genocide. It's like these people have never studied the Holocaust. They've never studied yeah. the, the UN Human Rights uh, Convention, Geneva Convention. They've never studied the, studied the Nuremberg Trials. They don't know. I mean, if you go Google the word genocide, there's five different criteria that all qualify as genocide. And every, every one of them says, if you do this in total or in part to any population because of what if, population if yes they are, to any of these, it is yeah. genocide. It is absolutely genocide. Uh-huh. Yeah, pretty sure walling them in behind a quote-unquote border fence in a place where a border doesn't exist means that you're imprisoning them mm-hmm. uh, in a it's essentially a concentration camp. Somebody made a point. I forget where the other day that, like, you know, it, it, it's it's almost kind of it, it's almost kind of a disservice to say that they're being kept in like an open air prison because it's not an open air prison. Prisons, it, there's actually some expectation of security. You might and get to leave eventually. <laughs> you and, might get and, out yeah, eventually. It's <laughs> some form of parole. This this is a lot, you know, likened a lot more to a concentration camp where they cut off your food and they don't. You know they force you to work and they don't let you have fucking. It, it, it's 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 horrific and and I just can't. I I still can't believe that there are people, fucking defending them. You know, let alone you know. Of course, conservatives will will fucking defend any atrocity, uh, imaginable. But I find people on the left, like Jewish people I know, who are considered themselves on the left, still fucking defend this or or turn a blind eye or say well. You blah blah blah, but Hamas like it, it's just fucking unreal to me that mm-hmm. it's such a th- this is this is the flashpoint human rights atrocity of our time, and if you can't see that and you can't get on the right side of that, then you're not on the left and you're not a person who cares about human rights. You're fucking not. I'm sorry. I was in, I was surprised that Barry Weiss came out in support of this student. Because she'd be oh my the, God, the last person you'd expect for that, but I think she had like she had enough sense to realize it was a PR blunder for Israel, yeah. and that was the yeah. only reason why she was opposed to it because it was just like now you're going after you know academics, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, that's I mean when the Nazis first started rounding up Jews and putting them in in the ghettos, they they said look how benevolent we are because we're going to let them keep doing their you know have their they're going to maintain their careers while they're in the ghettos while they're in the concentration mm-hmm. camps they they get to keep working with dignity you know that's how they thought of themselves oh, yeah. as they're doing a good thing so i'm sure there's a, a large chunk of the israeli population that says every day well we haven't completely wiped out 1.2 million gazans therefore we're benevolent yeah no absolutely and you know it's funny that i uh, that old saying, you know, first they came for the trade unionists, and it, uh, I don't think people realize that they first went 
after the communists and all the labor groups because they oh, were yeah. the ones actually yeah. spreading well, like the, like hey these people are fucking lunatics they're gonna round us all up and everyone's like no you're being hyperbolic don't be ridiculous right. well it, you know that's the, that's the hilarious thing about when people say like well the nazis were national socialists therefore you shouldn't have universal health care <laughs> and it's like no they weren't they were fucking hitler hated communists the very first thing he did was ban unions um and he, he hated communism so much he invaded russia which cost him the war which all of his generals knew was going to cost them the war and he still did it <laughs> so it's like mm-hmm. yeah. you know he, he was when people say like no fascism is, is really the opposite of of actual communism that's that's true that's very true um now obviously there's there's an authoritarian side to uh one party only communism that you had in the soviet union that lends itself to drifting towards the right obviously but i i think that there's a real desire from everybody and i kind of understand it to an extent to paint hitler as like this crazy like genocidal main trust me i'm not saying he's not but to paint him as almost this unhinged lunatic when i really think that that lets him off the hook in a lot of ways and lets well he he turned into one he definitely turned into one but he he started off very smart and calculated and knew when to play up the the rhetoric and when to tone it down but and the reason i say that is because you know, you look at someone like Trump and all these other far right lunatics like this guy in Brazil, like rising up all around the world. Guys, all these people are lacking are the means. They're not, not lacking the motive or the will to do these things. Yeah. It's just that the, you don't think Trump, if he could, would cancel the fucking elections and then round up his fucking credit. I mean, we, you know, uh, we, fucking Obama jailed a bunch of journalists under the Espionage Act and Trump absolutely will fucking jail his political enemy like i mean that's just the start like, i th- think this whole idea I, there's things i think that he knows he can't get away with and he'll play the victim in those cases well that you know the the liberal media won't let me appoint my daughter you know to to run the or to be the ambassador to the un it's like he could now, he could totally do it <laughs> if he wanted to now he'll play the victim but i i just i i really think that I, I, you know, in Michael Moore's movie, he showed all the press at the time, including the New York Times, underestimating Hitler and saying, well, no, it's not. He's not really like this. He just does it to rile mm-hmm. up his base. The same shit they say about Trump. So it's like, to me, it's like, yeah, you know, obviously there are a lot more people in the United States who would stand in opposition. But I, I mean, are there? I mean, who, pro- who protects the power? It, it, law enforcement, the army, all those fucking entities are full of far-right lunatics who would absolutely do the bidding of like a proto-fascist dictator if if, if they were called like I, I just i have no faith well whatsoever a that lot of them are also old and can't walk very fast because they drive everywhere the rascal scooter is not really going to be a, a, a good <laughs> vehicle for rounding up the, the communists and uh, putting them in camp so like you know i'm not it, worried about his base i'm worried about like the, the the army or the cops like you know like now nah, they're they you know they're gonna always be very far to the right on the authoritarian side but it's you know it's it, the the thing that was scary of course uh, with michael moore's film is how much he talked about how uh, Germany was this very uh, utopian, academic, enlightened, uh, liberal society before yeah. this. It wasn't like they were completely just, uh, you know, <laughs> looking for 
uh, for a megalomaniac because they had nothing to begin with. You know, they, they obviously had a huge economic crash, but, you know, and, and yeah, it can happen anywhere. But I think that that's when people say, well, you shouldn't punch Nazis. And well, if the Nazis are rallying, then you show up. It just gives them more attention. It's like if you just didn't go, they wouldn't show up. Well, that's horseshit. Um, it's total horseshit. They fucking show. Yeah, and they even say like we wouldn't have we canceled this rally because we we're afraid that Antifa is going to beat us up, and that's that's the point. You should they should be afraid. They can still they still have their freedom of speech, and they can still show be, up and rally fair, if they want to. But other people are going to show up and counter that. To be fair, our current crop of like Nazis in the U.S. they're not sending their best. They're they're a bunch of fucking little sword boy bitches. Like, let's be real. They're, these are these are not Hitler Youth material. Oh, <laughs> like, well, they're gonna turn into the sleepy old grandpa on the lawn chair at the that falls asleep <laughs> while the president's speaking. Yeah, but so you know, and again, I, I it's just it's just unreal to me that that a people so horribly oppressed and you know, had this horrible atrocity done to them, you know, and had the state created for them to protect them, uh, could could turn around and 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 become the thing that they were escaping from, like the country. Yeah, you know. Well, and, and that's that's what always worries me about when when people talk about having an armed revolution that you, you will probably just turn into the thing you were trying to get rid of. You of know, course. Um, if if the unification of Vietnam had been allowed to happen on its own. Uh, it would not have given rise to a bloody arms revolution that then, you know, you have the, uh, the Viet Cong coming into uh, South Vietnam and setting up re-education camps and torturing people. You know, if you if we had just left them alone and said, okay, great, you can be your own country and have self-determination. None of that shit would have happened. That shit happened because we forced it to, right? So I am always very wary when an oppressed people suddenly get all of the power all at once that they will then turn into something like where you had the victims of a, of a genocide then carry out a genocide. Mm -hmm. No, of course not. And, and you know that, that I think largely they're the way they are because of our influence and our, our guiding hand. And essentially they were an arm of the U S from the beginning. I mean, we created the UN, which created Israel. And it's like, you know, they never were fully, just a sovereign country that could determine how they wanted to run things. Like the U S had a massive hand in the shaping of Israel, the shaping of their, you know, constitution or their laws and all of that. Like that, it's just, they, uh, in a lot of ways I feel horrible for the people that live there because they never had a fucking chance. Like they, they were doomed to, to become this proto fascist uh, empire state because they were born out of the biggest, you know, empire building country in the nation in, in us. So it's like, mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's a weird situation. People don't realize too. They're not that fucking old. Like Israel's been around since 1948, I think like yeah, 47. We, yeah. we know people older than that. Probably, you know, <laughs> yes. we have relatives older than that. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it, it, but the, I mean the, 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 the genocide and ethnic cleansing started on day one, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. the Palestinians oh, yeah. used to, that used to be Palestine, right? And to start moving those people out by force, um, that was done with militaries. You know, Israel didn't really have its own militaries. So that was being done largely with British troops. And they were burning people's house downs and kicking them out. And I think it was about 400,000 people were forced to to move, and about fifty to 100,000 were just killed when they resisted. Right, so great way to endear your, yourself to your new neighbors, hey, by the way. Hey, the first Middle East democracy. <laughs> 
to be fair, that that is very in line with the way that most uh, Western democracies behave. So they were they were getting themselves in the door, you know, in in, in the in the correct way, if you want if you want to call them a Western democracy. Um, <sighs> yeah, yeah, it's just depressing. I, you know, it's just how many more things like this have to happen before people wake the fuck up and and actually understand that BDS is not a fucking racist. Uh, you know, all the shit that they used to smear it, that it's anti-Semitic or that's racist or that it's this and that and that's Hamas fun. No, it's saying like, hey, have some basic fucking human dignity and oppose this fascist piece of shit fucking regime that has run Israel mostly for the most part since its inception. They've had some leftist uh you know prime ministers but they fucking oh, yeah killed them. They, they you know well, they, they assassinated the the guy who was actually trying to bring about a lasting peace and the far-right yeah, extremist I can't said, name, he actually um, had like a deal drawn up yeah that real, that real famous photo op at the at the white house with bill clinton and everything um mm-hmm. but yeah it, it's um it's insane and i think that nothing will change unless people take drastic measures beyond i mean bds is just like don't buy anything made there right and they'll yeah. they'll ride that out and you'll have more celebrities eventually realize it's it's toxic but they'll ride that out too right the only thing that's going to make it happen a real change is a massive change amongst the popular opinion of the people in that country and i don't see that happening yeah. anytime soon well, you know, I mean, the other thing that could actually help it along a lot is if, obviously, and this is why BDS is important, because once we change popular opinion enough in this country to the point where it becomes untenable to support them, um, we'll eventually have to elect somebody who supports BDS and who's not um, deferential to, to their to their human rights violations and who actually cuts off their funding. We give them fucking $3 billion a year? Some absurd amount like that, not to mention the fact that we give them untold, you know, monetary value in our military support. I mean, they have the support of the strongest military in the world in in, in our you know military. Even if we they cut blow all up that one shit, of our ships, <laughs> yeah, <right>. like ah, oh, we're still <laughs> <Unfucking> buds. <real. laughs> I mean, we um, literally went to war in Vietnam over uh, an attack against one of our battleships that never happened. Uh, Israel actually does do it, and we're just like, oh, you. <laughs> Oops, like really, yeah. Basically, it was just like, oops, sorry guys, our bad. Um, and you know, but but that's what I mean. That the reason, like that that you know, promoting the boycott, divestment, sanction movement here in the U.S. is so important, is because eventually, once we educate enough people about the atrocities that they're committing, and we turn public sentiment enough, we'll be able to elect a president, hopefully in my fucking lifetime, who understands that and supports the BDS movement. And cuts off their funding that we give them for no fucking reason other than to have a beachhead in the Middle East uh, for our oil interests. Mm -hmm. And once they don't have our funding and they start to struggle economically, the people will wise up to the fact that the only reason that they stay in power, the Likud party, is because they're fucking strongmen. They're they're not trying. They don't have Israel's best interests in mind. And once they realize that financially and economically, they'll hopefully get voted out and and hopefully they'll fucking leave peacefully because they're a bunch of fucking fascists and i do have no confidence whatsoever that they wouldn't uh dispute the results of an actual you know fair election that votes them out but you know that's the only hope so uh boots boots riley who directed uh uh sorry for bothering you uh, which is it sorry to bother you sorry to bother you 
sorry to bother you or is it sorry for bothering you? Sorry to bother you. There we go. Uh, sorry to bother which, you, but... Which you you've know. seen <laughs> and I've seen, and I can't wait for us to review that on the oh, yeah. uh, movie uh, move movie left podcast. Uh, <laughs> I was watching some of his interviews on Democracy Now! back from July when the film first came out. And he was talking about how he felt exhausted from doing uh, organizing around police accountability because it takes so much energy to get people to show up day after day for years to have nothing change. Right. And he said, mm-hmm. you know, if we had a little bit more connection with labor solidarity, with labor movements who have experience in doing like real strikes, we don't just boycott products, but you stop showing up to work. We could have solved things for good in a very short amount of time. Right. So I think that's that's ultimately you look at how fast things change when you go on strike. It's one thing not to buy a product, but as soon as you refuse to provide your labor along with everyone else in an industry or a region, uh, that's you get change in a matter of days not years mm-hmm. yeah no that's the only thing that people respond to is when you go after their money here when you threaten their their cash flow and and unfortunately in this country and i don't blame people it's really hard to get them to, to people to strike because they've made things things so razor thin and they stretch people so thin that most people i know can't afford to fucking miss work even if there's some kind of a an assurance that you know some good will come of it it's like fuck well i if i miss this payment they're gonna you know take my house away they're gonna i'm gonna default on these loans and i'm gonna they're gonna go after me and like they 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 get they force people into so much fucking debt just to get ahead in society yeah well that was college you you know you need to spend you know that's by design i mean that's totally why all these Um, debtors prisons spreading spreading cities out really you know over a wide geographic area so you're very far from where you work for one and also to get people to buy homes more than rent to get them into this Mm -hmm. this mortgage industry where they owe so much money that if they go on strike they risk losing their entire home Uh, you know that was absolutely all done by design to break the labor movement from about the 1850s forward Uh, even the gi bill which we all thought was a great progressive thing fdr uh, fdr did was really designed to get people all into home ownership and get them away from labor organizing Mm. yeah yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just really um, depressing <laughs> when you think about how fucking hard they've made it and how effective it's been um, for for the people to just rise up and you know organize something like a general strike. I, I just well, don't and then you got this movie come out, this movie come out, and you see how easy it is to shut down a corporation if everyone just says, "Hey, what if we all just hanged up our phones all at the same time for 20 minutes?" And they go fucking berserk the minute you do that because suddenly they realize they're not in control anymore. The workers are, right? And I can't tell you the I don't think I've ever seen a movie about a call center for one. But think about how many young yeah. poor people live in cities that now are working call centers and do communication That's work. That's every job. Like I've I've been job searching and literally almost every fucking job I come across is like a call center job for like yeah. twelve dollars an hour or less. They like, and you know they it, try just... to automate the hell out of that stuff and it's still people want to talk to a real human being and there is now a premium on good customer service and actual like pro- solving people's problems, you know, a uh, uh, sprint. And I think Netflix's call center uh, are considered a couple of the, the worst call centers out there. But I mean, Comcast by far is the worst, but th- it's such a bad brand that the people are, they're now starting to really invest in actually uh, hiring people that are educated <laughs> to do these kind of communication mm-hmm. jobs. And these are people that are familiar with labor struggle. 
um, and are you know have seen wages decrease over time or flatline while the cost of living has gone up, and they're all going to watch this movie. I swear to God, this movie's going to change a lot more shit than people this realize. This is going to be a. This is definitely going to be a cult class. Like, not that it wasn't very successful, but I think the fact that it, it has such a powerful message and everyone that sees it immediately, like we did, went out and was like, "You all need to see this fucking movie. It's so fucking important." Mm-hmm. Um, t- coupled with the fact that it seems to be getting a lot of like awards buzz, and if this movie gets nominated for best picture a bunch of people instinctively will watch it because that's what people do i do that i'll watch all the best picture nominees Mm -hmm. and that it'll expose people uh the people that we're always talking about on this podcast the people that are consider themselves on the left but have no concept of actual labor struggles because they're comfortable whatever things like that but who aren't opposed to those things they'll understand after watching this movie how and we're just like reviewing this movie right now but that's okay it's a preview of our our longer cast but so but they'll get a, a an understanding of of like why labor movements are important and why these things are and why the why this country is as fucked up as it is because of this oppressive system yeah, well, of and, capitalism and you, that's designed to oppress you you see even how a lot of progressive entrepreneurs are very terrified of unionization you know, a guy like Jank Unger never talks about Fight for 15, never talks about unionizing because he doesn't want his own employees to unionize. He actually, on a post game once, was like, Yeah, I kind of have mixed feelings about unions. And he told some weird, everyone's got that one story of like, Oh, yeah, I know this. Uh, my buddy, he worked, you know, Joe Rogan did this shit too. And Jimmy Dore was on, he's like, I got one buddy and they, they get paid for 80 hours, but they only work, they, they swap out rotations and they only work 40 hours. That's not what most people fucking do in unions. Like, that's, that is a really. So, wait, you're saying that they got paid for work they didn't do? Isn't that basically what capitalism is? Isn't that what millionaire, billionaire entrepreneurs <laughs> pride themselves on is making a ton of money from the work that everyone else did for them? I mean, <laughs> but it's also, it's also ridiculous. It's like, look, if you, if you worked in it, in if we, created more workplace democracy and more worker co-ops and more unions and things like that people would be happy to go in and work because they feel like they have some ownership and some you know dignity in 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 choosing to work where they work i mean we don't fucking have that at all anymore like this 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 economy we have which is built on uh war obviously but also you know the service economy is like dehumanizing I mean, it's so dehumanizing to to just be forced to work in this job that pays you, you know, seven twenty-five is our minimum wage right now, uh, an hour, and just get yelled at by people all fucking day who also make a little bit more than what you make, you know, and you're serving them food. It's like it's dehumanizing for everybody. I saw a great tweet this week, and it basically said it was, um, you know, said the the people that tell you not to go yell at right wing uh, senators while they're having dinner are the people that will look for any reason to yell at some service worker. You forgot their mayonnaise? <laughs> they will scream in your face and threaten to call the cops for that. But those same people say, "Oh no, don't don't disrupt Ted Cruz and his lovely wife while they're having dinner. They don't deserve that." <laughs> Yeah, and those people are, are are ridiculous hypocrites, of course. But it, the thing that makes me crazy is when they're the, when like liberals will talk about, yo, we'll be civil and don't don't go yelling politicians. That's not the way to do it. Don't run them out of. Re- are you fucking kidding me? Like, do you do you know anything about about anything in terms of like what actually creates change? 
putting fucking fear into the hearts of politicians and elected officials is the only thing that fucking creates change. How do you think that the billionaires get them to do the shit they want to do? It's because they're nice and they're friends? No, it's because they threaten them. They say, hey, if you don't do this, I'm going to pull your fucking funding. Mm -hmm. They're scared of them. They use fear yeah. to get what they want. They're, they're not really afraid of Bernie's tweets. They're afraid of the, the, you know, millions of people that adore Bernie Sanders showing up when they go try to have an event and protesting them and making their life untenable. They're afraid of Bernie Sanders threatening to break the backs of all these these institutions that they've used to extract wealth right. out of but, you know, the, Bernie you engages know. in civility. He totally people. does that. But he knows, it's like Martin Luther King, he knows behind that is a wall of rage. Right, uh -huh. that it, he doesn't have to unleash because it's, you know, we're we're there. He doesn't have to use inflammatory rhetoric. He knows that underneath everything is that seething anger. And he never goes over the top in telling people to be civil. Like he'll, he'll get asked about it, and he'll annoyedly be like, "Yeah, I don't think you should really do that." But he he fucking knows deep down. <laughs> yeah. Like he he's like he's like, of course, go fucking accost Ted Cruz. Like I give a fuck that smarmy fuck. Like you yeah. know, he knows, and he knows that this is well. He and, and he is the Zodiac killer. <laughs> and he, and he'll almost he'll always intimate in those interviews like he's like you know well uh i i think it's unfortunate but uh there's a lot of anger right now people feeling very oppressed and uh, i think it's unfortunate that people like ted cruz will vote for uh policies that will uh further uh crush middle class uh families and he, like he'll he knows like that that's oh, yeah. he, that's he's the king of flipping the flipping the script on that stuff for sure yeah so um Oh, we got way off track. What were we talking? No, we're not. So, this is a conversation. It, it evolves. No, no, I know. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I know. But I, I, but I lost track. Okay, so yeah. In any event, um, fuck Israel. Yeah. Um, they're they're really fucking horrible. Uh, and speaking of horrible countries in the Middle East, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, are on their shit again. Uh, this week, they, uh, did something that. So they killed a Westerner. <laughs> They killed a Westerner yeah. and, and and a journalist, no less. So everybody's hair is on fire, and rightfully so, because it was fucking atrocious what they did. But um, I, I I do think it's ironic that you know they can just slaughter uh, hundreds of thousands of Yemeni civilians and fucking children and blow up a school bus full of children, and it gets you know nary a peep in the mainstream media wow. other than like maybe a day's media coverage. How many Yemeni civilians, uh, limbless orphans, have ever written for the Washington Post? I mean, it's clearly <laughs> they don't matter that much. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like they've done studies to figure out how much how many poor brown people have to die to get the same media coverage as like a, a well-to-do white Westerner, and it's it's something like nine hundred Africans have to die to get a single media story versus one famous white person in the west wow that's yeah that's pretty uh pretty disgusting but um <laughs> uh, one guy actually tweeted out a really funny tweet about that uh this guy john schwartz said a uh, statement i am withdrawing from all ventures with the saudi government until they go back to killing people i'll never meet at a party <laughs> i saw that one too <laughs> Uh, I thought it was really ironic, but no. Look, and again, I and I say all that, but this is again another total, just brazen, ridiculous act of of fascist thuggery by by Mohammed bin Salman in Saudi Arabia. You know this great fucking reformer, Mohammed bin Salman, who the U.S. press couldn't wait to fucking suck off when he came over here. P places like Business Insider and the Washington Post, uh, by the way, the paper that uh, Jamal Khashoggi worked for. 
wrote articles about how he's this great reformer because you know what he did? He fucking jailed a bunch of his poli- a bunch of the other rich people who oh, were his no. political he, he killed, opponents. He killed a bunch of people too. It was like the red wedding. Well, he, and... he jailed them and he stole their money and then he killed them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So and that's just so. There have been a few CEOs that have publicly said that they won't do business with Saudi Arabia for a good long while now. Uh, people like the what's that guy? Virgin Airways. Virgin uh, Richard Branson. Richard Branson. Yeah, he said something about that. I've seen him in real life before, which was a very weird experience because um, he has a huge entourage. Weird looking guy. He, yeah, I mean, he's just whatever. Um, but it's, yeah, you know, we we. It's funny when you hear our State Department, the people at the top of the State Department, who I work for, <laughs> uh, take a <laughs> shot. Uh, it, it's funny when you hear them denounce dictatorships for being dictatorships because. Uh, obviously, the U.S. supports almost 80% of dictatorships worldwide in places like, uh, you know, obviously uh, Saudi Arabia, who we, you know, Pompeo just came out and said that he doesn't support ending the atrocities, uh, my words, not his, in Yemen because he wouldn't want it to threaten our business relationships with Saudi Arabia, which the biggest one of which is hundreds of billions in dollars in weapons sales. You know, it's like we just we don't care. We don't give a shit. They talk about Cuba's human rights records. We've got more people in prison than anyone in the world. A quarter of all the people in prison in the entire world are Americans. Yep. And, uh, you know, Trump came out right out and said it today. Or it was either today or yesterday. They had, you know, his usual kind of press gaggle in the Oval Office. And they were asking about this situation. And by the way, for people that don't know, what happened essentially is uh there is a uh, Washington Post journalist named Jamal Khashoggi. He is a Saudi national um, who is critical uh, and, you know, actually exposed uh, a lot of the lies of the bin Salman regime. Um, and he he wrote about how they're really not this, this uh, he's not this like liberal reformer. He's actually just as fucking horrible. He's just really shrewd at marketing himself, which is I've I've been saying for a while, but that's totally true. Um, so this guy had to flee the country because he was afraid that they were going to fucking kill him. Um, gee, I wonder why he thought that. And he lived, he was a U.S. national, he was a U.S. resident. He's been living here for, I think, a year or two. So what happened is he needed to go get a marriage license, uh, for his wife or some kind of a marriage related document. And he needed to go to the Saudi embassy in Turkey, in Istanbul. Mm -hmm. So this is not on saudi soil this is on foreign soil well it, saudi arabia it, if it's in their embassy it's considered their soil i guess but, yeah but um, i mean it's it, yeah it, they, it's a fucking week they sent a fucking hit squad they sent a death squad to kill him when he got there right so what happened is actually it's even it's even more insidious because the people at the embassy were not only in on it but participated in it so they sent him away because they said they needed some time to process the document come back you know tomorrow and in that time, I guess they alerted, you know, bin Salman and the Saudi officials and the Saudis sent a, a death squad of 12 fucking guys, uh, including a bunch of members of bin Salman's Royal Guard and their lead forensic detective. Gee, I wonder why he was there. Maybe to make sure there was no fucking evidence left behind. Just a weird, just a weird collection of people that happened to show up at the Saudi embassy for unrelated things. So he come. there's video by the way, they took all the video from inside the embassy. The Saudis did. I, I'm sure that that's totally a coincidence. Where did so. that screenshot come from that has been circulated then? So 
the Turkish government has cameras, I guess, outside of the oh, embassy they have their that own they cameras, didn't. Yeah. <clears throat> they have their own cameras, which was smart. And everyone should fucking do that from now on. Um, it is put hidden cameras in embassies. But um, so what they did was they they took all the cameras. But so there's camera footage of Khashoggi showing up to this building and this building is surrounded by cameras so he couldn't have left without a camera picking it up and you know shortly after the saudi death squad shows up alleged death squad and um he never leaves and then they and then the saudis are like well we don't know what happened to him we think he's missing he must have left out the back door we're just as concerned as as you are we're going to investigate you know we're going to we're going to call up the people that oj hired to find uh nicole and ron's real killers and we're going to find out the theory is they chopped him up into little bits yeah they 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 chopped him up with a bone saw and and smuggled him out in pieces and bags like that's how they got him out of there without People, because obviously people have since looked through the embassy. The Turkish government has right. looked through, and they, they can't find trace of them. I mean, do they? Did they know that for sure? I mean, could they have just put a bag over his head and taken him out a separate door, or do they? Is it really evidence they, that they did chop him up? They, they, I, I, they, I don't know. The fact that they said it so specifically leads me to believe that they have some evidence, and supposedly. Turkey claims they have video and audio evidence of the actual inside of the embassy. So maybe that's why they're saying so mm. specifically a bone saw. So, you know, maybe they're withholding it a little bit right now just to make sure that they can, you know, pin it on them. But um, apparently also there's I saw an article today about how Khashoggi, when he realized he was being interviewed, rigged his Apple Watch to voice record. So they think that the the audio of his interrogation and possible murder is in the cloud Ooh. so i guess that's going to be a whole nother interesting this is like a fucking tom clancy novel it's, it's yeah fucking absurd yeah although i don't think tom clancy knew what an apple watch was i think he died before that but, <laughs> no um, probably yeah it's just so this, going back to what we talked about a little bit earlier the idea of the rise of fascism i i i know that fascism can be beaten except that now we have this hyper level of uh digital surveillance state at the same time and those things together makes me worry yeah it makes their job a lot fucking easier and makes our job as you know people opposing fascism and in, in, mm-hmm. in all forms a lot fucking harder uh and it's really it's very worrying one thing I that mean, that's why they make all yeah uh, the one thing that does give me a little bit of hope is that you know john mccain swears he never sent an email in his life so if that's any way to beat fascism, <laughs> it's going to be that the young people are always, you know, more tech savvy than the olds. Yeah, I, that's true. But I, I worry that that unfortunately the people in power still are going to employ, you know, collaborators who are young people who know what they're doing with those systems. I mean, there's plenty of Stephen Millers in the world who are, you know, in their 30s, but fucking horribly fascist and and totally willing to do whatever horrible shit uh they're asked to at the behest yeah. of you know the state he doesn't strike me as that tech savvy either but i i know what you mean though no i, I yeah but you know what i mean like i'm sure there's somebody like him who's tech savvy who has no morals whatsoever um but yeah so i mean that's a really horrific uh thing <laughs> that they that they allegedly did and rightfully people are freaking out about it uh even lindsey graham who is not at all a critic of saudi arabia um, mainly because Saudi Arabia and Israel have such a cozy relationship and Israel are one of his top 
contributors um he was like yeah this is this is fucked up and if they actually did this there would be hell to pay every Um, time i see him talking he says something that's like i have never been more uh, incensed by a thing dude it's like you've never been this outraged about a thing don't do you remember last week when you said that about the same thing like what he imagine lindsey graham at the drive-thru and they put mayo on his cheeseburger i have never been more incensed in my life than to find mayonnaise when i said specifically i did not I want mayonnaise on my oh, cheeseburger. If there's anybody who wants mayonnaise and only mayonnaise, it's Lindsey Graham. Please. <laughs> it's like a mayo sandwich. He just, he, just he, he sleeps in it and just slather it on. He there. sleeps in like a uh, you know like the um, the Star Wars liquid regeneration chamber, but it's just full of mayonnaise. That's all he does. Tonight. <laughs> oh god! Oh, it's horrifying. That's like that's like worse than a saw death I've ever seen in the saw movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's even worse than like the bucket full of needles that they had to reach into that oh god oh um, I, so, this is why i don't watch those kind of movies it's just no those movies are hard I, I hate i hate like torture porn horror movies those are my least favorite i think there's no art to them whatsoever there's no, no atmosphere mood no, like they're just, just they're they're just it's fucking loud suspense. noises for two hours what was it what no. was that one that they they filmed in detroit like it was like the blind guy mm-hmm. they break mm-hmm. into his house to get the money Oh, uh, don't breathe. I yeah, think. that one kind of made you think it was going to be one of those movies, but it never quite went there, mm-hmm. um, and it just built I didn't up. Actually, see it, but I heard it. Was oh, yeah, it was pretty good. It, they, it plays against your expectation that that's what you're going to see, and then you just have these really mm-hmm. long, suspenseful sequences that don't turn into a bunch of gore, but you think it's gonna. Um, so it actually does a good job of that. Uh, again, we're reviewing yep. another movie instead of talking about politics. <laughs> So, um, you know, unfortunately, I don't think anything is going to really happen from this. Uh, Trump, when he was asked about it, literally said, well, you know, uh, it's unfortunate. I don't like hearing about it. He literally said, I don't like hearing about it. And then he was like, and then the Oval Office, they pressed him about it. And he's like, look, you know, uh, I'm not going to jeopardize $110 billion in arms sales because they may or may not have did something. Like, he literally said that. Like, this is why I think that they they underestimate how poorly – how poor of a decision it is to keep him in power because he like we always say rips the mask off of the horrible face of empire like people all think that in the republican party and in the democratic party who receive that you know that defense contractor money but they don't say it like you can't you don't just get like he literally just said it matter-of-factly because that's what his people say to him and he doesn't have the sense to think like oh i'm not supposed to say that out loud that's Mm -hmm. just what we no, you know, behind the scenes, but like, um, so it's clear yeah, that even it, if they find evidence of it, they're not going to do anything. No, We're not going to do, gonna anything, do about anything. It. I mean, just imagine if there was uh, a journalist who, let's say he was in um, China and North Korea sent a, a death squad of uh, 15 commandos to kill him. And w- what the reaction from our State Department and our president would be. Well, Lindsey maybe Graham would have a maybe, fucking tiff. Maybe like, not this president, but you know any other president. But yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, um, but yeah, no, exactly. And Lindsey Graham would be, oh, this is unacceptable. We need to nuke. We they, they would like be talking about nuking them. Like they literally would. They've done it before, before without any provocation. They've talked about a preemptive nuclear strike on North Korea. Like the, these people are fucking lunatics. But it was Saudi Arabia because we get that fucking sweet petrodollar money. It's like mm, eh, whatever, you know, yeah, nothing we can do. <laughs> nothing we can do 
Yeah, um, I, I feel like we should talk yeah, about Nikki Haley because that kind of is a tie-in because she was such a uh, well. Yeah, I mean, she's the biggest friend of all to Saudi Arabia and Israel. Um, so I, I think maybe that's why these people are acting like such erratic lunatics. They're they're they're, they're missing their their heart. You know, is panging for their they, uh, their their he, top the ally. Liberal media is already oh, rehabbing God. her image because they want her to come on their they call TV her moderate. shows. Uh, This is from The Hill, headline today. Nikki Haley achieved historic accomplishments, just like many of the women in Trump's administration. Oh, my God. I mean, I know The Hill's not really liberal, but they're kind of, I mean, they're supposed to be impartial, but this is just They're centrist. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just just to to counter that with some fucking, you know, actual record of what she did. uh, Tweet from Abby Martin. Amazing. Abby Martin. War-hungry Nikki Haley obsessively defended Israel's atrocities at the UN, but her most humiliating moment was literally begging nations to vote for an insane U.S. resolution blaming the IDF, that's the acronym for Israeli death squad, uh, for their sniper Mm -hmm. massacre of unarmed Gaza protesters on Hamas, blaming Hamas for it, which nobody voted for. (laughs) Nobody voted for an historic (laughs) failure. Yeah, I mean, she she was she was I I would I think I've argued in the past she was the most dangerous member of his administration because of the shit she was trying to, uh, you know, get people behind at the UN. I mean, she uh, how who can forget that fucking the the uh, Iranian uh, that that missile shell that she had behind her is that giant prop? Do you remember that shit? I where she yeah, was trying I to that, yeah. I mean, she was she was trying to advocate for war, a preemptive war with Iran. She was trying to advocate for regime change in Syria for us to go in there and kill Assad and depose him, because uh, that's worked out so well for us in the past. I mean, she this this fucking lunatic never met a war she didn't like, and it's like they're painting her as this moderate. It's it's absurd, and it, you know she's to the right of fucking Lindsey Graham on center, war issues. It's where the center is now. I mean, if being a woman who is in power, who wants regime regime change and wants to bomb the shit out of the Middle East, you know, the liberals and the centrists are not going to criticize that because that's what their fucking queen wanted, you know, so they can't oppose (laughs) that that's. Well, that was, I I think, unfortunately, one of even the, the, the more dangerous things that Hillary did was that she allowed, like you were saying, that to become the center of debate. So therefore... There literally could not be an anti-war voice in that election. Like you could not that that the center of debate was like obviously we all believe in interventionist wars, but we believe in these, and we you know the right believes in these, and the left believes in these. You know. Yeah. Well, it's unfortunate. Like, so I'm sure you saw that uh, woman who was promoting a T-shirt that said "Fuck Bernie, Fuck Trump, Elect oh, Women." Uh, yeah, I made one comment in, uh, basically said, I said, uh, this is how you get eight years of Trump and she immediately blocked me. (laughs) But I mean, to think about how stupid of a sentiment that is. So, okay. So let's, okay. So let's say the election and somehow Trump gets, you know, impeached, whatever it's Bernie Sanders versus Nikki Haley. So by that fucking idiot's logic people should vote for nikki haley like that's yeah. that's who's gonna enact now nikki haley is a fucking theocratic <laughs> lunatic well, who i'm sure would get rid of roe v it, wade you know like it's acceptable like, for michelle obama to call bush her partner in crime and hug him it's oh completely acceptable for donna brazil to go on a speaking tour with uh with sarah palin sarah palin these are completely <laughs> normal things for the centrist brain to to process now 
Yeah, but but these same people, it's still like with no sense of irony, we'll 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 talk about quote unquote real Democrats, you know, in re- in re- in regard to Bernie Sanders defending like Joe Manchin, defending fucking Joe Manchin after he voted for a, a serial rapist, and they're like, well, we don't want to risk uh, having the you know what what do you what the fuck are you fighting for? What is the goal? Like literally, literally, all you have to do is put a D on your chest, and you can do anything, and it will not be questioned it'll be excused it'll be it'll yeah, be they'll be it was a bold this week unbelievable. A, a third of democrats in maryland are supporting the republican governor rather than the former elected democrat president yeah. of the naacp ben jealous like yeah like <laughs> a third of elected democrats like the the, the state house members are, are are supporting the republican governor and it's like oh well you know progressives can't win yeah Gee, maybe when a third of their fucking party is telling uh, voters, you know, who are very easily influenced when they're not, you know, well informed, uh, like, oh, hey, that, you know, my my state senator says I should vote for uh, the Republican because he's been like a centrist, moderate voice. And we know he's got experienced leadership and he doesn't trust Ben Jealous. So, of course, that's why fucking progressives never win elections, because these fucking no, sellout pieces the, the of shit. the party is not supporting them. Telling you not to vote if for If the him. party was throwing their, their actual support behind Ben Jealous, they would be hammering on the Republican incumbent and saying, you know, they would be running every bad thing about him they could. But they're not, because they don't want him to win. The blue no matter who is only for establishment candidates. It does not apply to progressive Democrats. Yeah, I mean, Baltimore is fucking ravaged with, with, you know, drugs and crime and all these things. You think the fucking Republican guy is going to have the solutions? His solutions are going to be Bloombergian at best. They're going to be stop and frisk. They're going to be, you know, more crackdown, like more crackdowns on on drug use. It's like that's Baltimore PD is one of the most corrupt fucking precincts in the nation. They made a whole fucking HBO series out of how because they're so fucking horrible. Like, um. You know, Ben Jealous actually was the fucking president of the NAACP. You think he's not going to be a better representative for the people of Baltimore and the people of Maryland in general than fucking what's his face? Whose name I can't even remember? Generic white guy Generic that's currently white, the governor. Yeah. He looks like Joe Crowley, actually. He does. Yeah, all these like elected uh, old white dudes have a, have a very similar look. You know, the southerner, all the southern ones look a certain way, and all the northeastern ones look like the same. Yeah, it's like you get, <laughs> kind of you, they weird... trade the cowboy hat for uh, for glasses. That's the only real yeah. difference. And <laughs> for black rimmed like yeah. Rivers Cuomo glasses in, that they think make them look young. Yeah, and liberal. In, the, in the South, though, you got to have hair to be a white Republican. You got to have good hair, right? <laughs> you got to be uh, Mitt Romney or uh, what's the guy from Texas that was like the real, real George Bush. Um, you know, uh, oh, uh, Rick Perry. yeah, on the East Coast, you could be, you know, just egghead, but as long as you have glasses, <laughs> then you're you're fine up there. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, so yeah, you know, it's just it, it, Nikki Haley will not be fucking missed, but the interesting thing is going to be who who he replaces her with, because obviously the the name that was being floated around initially uh, was Ivanka Trump, his fucking daughter. Uh, and yeah and it's like this fucking airhead is it who's never had a had a political job probably had never had an actual job in her life outside of things that you know her father's money afforded to her uh much like chelsea clinton by the way uh is supposed to fucking be our envoy to the un you know the the collection of nations that that decide whether or not we start world wars essentially like that's 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 what we're gonna do so 
I think they floated that out there to see how it would play and it got really bad backlash. So Trump's like, well, I'm not going to do that, even though, you know, I think she'd be great at it because everyone would be on me. Oh, do you, do you see his quote? I, he said, well, I no, would, I would like to appoint her, but then people would just accuse me of nepotism. It's like, that's Gee, because that's I wonder fuck fucking why. <laughs> it's the definition. Jeez. Oh, my God. He's such a fucking idiot. you see uh, Crank T. Nelson's tweet? He said, uh, man, there's a beehive right over there that I could go fuck, but then everyone just accused me of being a beehive fucker. <laughs> so tired of being accused of doing the things I did. Yeah, I know, right? Um, yeah, so the, the interesting thing to me, and, and I speculated right away, this is, and, and a lot of people speculated that this is friction between her and Bolton. Um, because if it was friction between her and Trump, he wouldn't have been so nice in her in her departure. But he was very complimentary of her and saying, like, she can come back. And, you know, like yeah. it was it was very untrumpian for a departure. So people think it was friction with somebody else in the administration. And a lot of people think it was friction with Bolton. Why would Bolton want to go even back more there. of a fucking lunatic? He hates the U.N. Why would he want the job? <laughs> but you know what? You know what, though, man? I think he's going to be the one. I think that's who's going to that that's who's Trump's going to try to appoint because Bolton it, it is such a fucking lunatic, but that's that's the direction that that administration is trying to go in foreign policy wise, and he has no pretenses about it. And I think that Trump likes that, which is why he kind of has always liked Bolton minus his mustache. Mm-hmm. But which which is a real thing, by the way. He didn't give him a job early on in his cabinet because he didn't like his mustache. Well, <laughs> uh, that's I, a real story I that would came have out. to agree with Trump. I, I agree with him. Yeah. I know. Hey, you know when he's right he's right but um so but bolton i really think is is going to be the pick and he's such a fucking menace on the world stage like he's going to go in there and be even more of a fucking hawk lunatic in trying to advocate for war with iran and trying to advocate for uh deference to israel and the, and the total genocide of palestinians and you know trying to advocate for it's war just, with north korea yeah i don't i i guess i would feel better having him back there where nobody takes him seriously uh in the un rather than him being a, a national security advisor where people in those offices do take him seriously but who knows? Yeah, I don't know, though, but that that position's got a lot of clout to it and not that he he obviously is a clown um but I, I think unfortunately he he had that he would have some semblance of effect on the way that things operate in the UN in terms of like you know I, it, it all he needs to do is start agitating other countries within the UN for them sure. to just well, it, to increase you know what I mean like and not that Nikki Haley wasn't doing that but I, he's he's a fucking lunatic like this guy is so unhinged I, I mean. Would you say he's, he's on steroids? Yeah. I would you say that Bolton is as unhinged as Kanye West? <laughs> you know, I I I I it's pretty close, but I might actually say <laughs> that. And I th- I'm sure what you're referring to is that uh just just unbelievable spectacle uh that 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 we witnessed yesterday. <laughs> uh if you were lucky enough to not witness it. Uh, that's that's I'm I'm very happy for you. Uh, I unfortunately subjected myself to a good percentage of Kanye's ten minute fucking insane like DMT fueled rant in the Oval Office, where he just kept smacking the Resolute desk over and over. Did you have any audio? Which I'm of sure that? made every. I don't have any no, audio of that, yeah, but I, there, there was no there was no one bit I could even clip out. It, it's like it, there's he says so many crazy things. He talks about 
how he has he's in the 98th percentile IQ along with Picasso. And then he said that he but his doctor misdiagnosed him with bipolar because he's actually sleep deprived and that could cause Alzheimer's. Like he just fucking was all over the place. I've never it's, seen such a fucking. Yeah. You know how when you watch somebody does like a solo YouTube channel or like a solo podcast yeah. and they just go off on these tangents and you realize that without anyone to tell you, uh, you know, hey, like, chill the fuck out, or to steer the conversation, or have a back and forth of ideas, a single mind will go off in really fucking strange places. And that's the way his mind works, even in a room full of press and the president of the free world, uh, because nobody's, everyone just wants to see how far he'll go, and nobody calls him on his bullshit, except for that one guy at TMZ apparently. And God bless him. <laughs> that one fucking dude had such a fucking f- backbone yeah. to do you that. You saw how fast that fucking narcissistic lunatic Kanye West spun on his heels and was like, well, but, 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 like... He crumbled. Like, he had, he had no idea how to respond it to nothing. it. He looked like an idiot. Yeah, and that's why him and Trump love each other, because their egos are so fragile that they just, all they see in each other is themselves. Well, everyone, you know, is saying, like, look, man, he's really mentally ill. He needs Ugh. help. But, like, to me, that's not what I, I look at that and I say, this guy is a fucking raging egomaniac who has never been told no in, 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 in two decades since he's been famous. And is just, he's just thinks he's God's fucking gift to the world. And he doesn't know shit about shit. Like, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking yeah. about. He doesn't live in the real world. Like, he doesn't. You listen to the shit he says talking about welfare. He has no idea what welfare, anything remotely related to what welfare. He has no, he just knows of it as a nebulous concept. Could not describe you thing one about welfare. No. Uh, well, you know, there was some um, psychiatric PhDs that were shaming people for mocking him. They're like, you know, he's suffering a mental breakdown. Uh, so shaming him for that is just terrible. And it's like, first of all, uh, you haven't diagnosed that. You're just assuming that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> uh, second, we're shaming the fact that he's a, an asshole and the choices he's making as an asshole, not the fact that he may or may not have a mental condition. And, and third, I don't think he has any fucking mental condition. Now, I obviously haven't diagnosed him, but so far all I've seen is this person just being uh, essentially, um, if anything, the victim of a tabloid media culture that creates people like that and then allows them to turn into the, the raging egomaniacs they are and has no real recourse for how to help that person once they've gone that far. If that's a mental illness, he, maybe, but I think that's all it really is in his case. And even if he has a mental illness where he has no inhibitions or no impulse control, it's still showing you who he really is. The things he's saying, he's not being mental illness doesn't make you say shit that you would never doesn't make you expand upon things for hours that you would never normally think like it doesn't make you completely think a different way. Like that's not what it, it, if anything, it just makes you more um, manic and more open to expressing the things that you're already thinking, but you don't want to say Uh, to people like, you know what I mean? Like it's not, these thoughts aren't being in it. These these thoughts aren't in his head because he's mentally ill. These thoughts are in his head because they're in his head and he's expressing them because maybe he's mentally ill or maybe he's just such a fucking egomaniac that he does this in private all the <laughs> time know, and nobody would, says to him, shut the I fuck would, up, dude. Like, yeah, I would love to see Alex Jones diagnose Kanye West and see if he thinks that there's like <laughs> waves being beamed into his brain from an alternate dimension. It's 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 such a shame that 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 we don't have uh, Alex Jones in our lives anymore because I'd love to hear his yeah. his take on this. I mean, such, we could, he, I think he's kind of a kindred we spirit. We could go to his website and probably search for it, but why give him the web traffic? You know, if he's not on Twitter, there's yeah. no, really no recourse. You can't find him. <laughs> uh, 
Ugh, it's been a much quieter world, I think, this post Alex oh, Jones it is uh, nice. digital I, I world we live in. At all. So uh, the thing that frustrated me about the whole Kanye West debacle was, of course, something that a few people in the media pointed out was that Trump was doing this in the middle of uh, one of the most catastrophic hurricanes uh, that we're still not even sure how bad it was because the damage is so terrible uh, to distract from that. And uh, Anderson Cooper actually mm-hmm. had a bunch of tweets where he was like, look, uh, we're still going to cover this disaster that happened. And, you know, shame on everyone who's ignoring that. <clears throat> then at the same time, CNN and almost every other corporate news outlet, when they do cover the hurricane, they do so and they completely ignore global warming and how it's affecting the climate and how it's increasing these storms. And, you know, anytime you're adding more heat energy uh, to, to a climate system, you're going to have more severe storms. The water's warmer, there's more uh, water going up into the clouds, there's more wind, there's more waves. It's just, it's, it's making them all worse. Right. And I think that was Democracy Now! had a thing about this yesterday. He said less than 6% of all the media coverage of the hurricane even mentioned the words climate change. Less than 6%. That's so disgusting. I mean, and, you know, people don't even, and and I understand that this is hard science for people to wrap their heads around the whole concept of, of uh, such a small amount of warming being so catastrophic, but but they need to realize like it's not that, I don't know, just not to cut in, but it's not that hard to understand. If a thing is hotter, it will radiate more energy, right? The more the- no, but I think, well, I think what what a lot of conservatives and I've talked to these people about this shit before. So I like, and I know that like when you say to them, look, if we don't do something and the sea and the sea the average sea temperature rises by two degrees Celsius, we're fucked. Like it, it's going to melt the ice the, enough permafrost that. Uh, low-lying cities like Miami, New Orleans, all these places are going to be fucking gone. They will not be able to build levees big enough to block the oncoming storm surge and the oncoming sea level because it's not even going to be a storm surge. It's going to be the new sea level. Like they won't be, those cities will be uninhabitable and we're going to create, you know, millions upon millions, if not, I think a billion, they estimate climate refugees and where do you think those people are going to go? Do you think they're going to drown? No, they're going to come fucking move in next to you. Like you, you're, you're, you're spiting yourself by pretending like this is not a real problem. And I get partially why people don't understand why such minuscule in, in their minds changes would lead to such catastrophe because there's no science literacy whatsoever. And it's because like you were saying, nobody fucking talks about these things in terms of, the overall trends of the climate. They just say, oh, well, this is a horrible storm. I guess it's storm season well, again. Because like, we didn't learn the fucking metric system. When someone says a two degree rise in temperature, people go, "That's you wouldn't even feel it. And it's like, no, that's fucking Celsius. <laughs> like in Fahrenheit, that's yeah. like 10 degrees. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's just, you know, and I think there's uh, even on the left now, a lot of people, and I feel this a lot, there's there's almost a sense of fucking hopelessness because it's like if we don't drastically change what we're doing by like 2020, we're not going to be able to stop the temperature from rising well, to that. We've been degrees. saying like, that we're, for we're, 30 we're years, so... but yeah, it's it's not going to is my frustration. My... But it's getting worse even, you know, like that their, their studies keep moving up the date that that we're going to reach that critical right. mass. Like it used to be 2050. Now it's 2040. So I had a tweet a few a couple of days or weeks ago, and it was just basically saying the world is going to end because of the people that say there's no ethical consumption or capitalism. 
the people that say, well, me changing my own personal consumption habits doesn't matter because as long as uh, capitalism still exists, then there's no point in anything. Well, or people that were talking about this report that said, well, uh, 71% of all carbon emissions come from just 100 companies. Well, yes, it comes from those companies because they make shit that we consume, <laughs> right? So it, let's say we ban capitalism or we, or we get rid of capitalism or we ban those 100 companies. Well, that means that no one's going to drive a car. No one's ever going to eat meat, right? So it, it's, if, you, if you really want to do the things that we're suggesting, change things from the top to, to onto the bottom, it's still going to change the way we live our lives, right? So if, if, if you don't want – if you We're going to have to change anyway. Well, right. It's just whether we do it voluntarily or not. And of course, our brains are not hardwired to fear a threat that's possibly years or decades down the road. Our brains are are hardwired to fear uh, a a mountain lion jumping on us. Imminent threats. Yeah, no, evolutionarily, that's true. We're we're just, we are, we instinctively understand an imminent threat to us, but we cannot remotely conceive of of a nebulous, far off threat. Uh, like like climate change right. and it's it's so yeah i don't see anything really changing really I, we don't have enough time to save the planet uh, to you know it's like we're not even we're if not we start right now i don't think we would be able to right. Right. you're not gonna you're not gonna solve it with green capitalism uh you're not gonna solve it by overthrowing capitalism because capitalism will never allow you to do that uh, at least not in the time we've got uh and you're not probably not going to solve it by convincing everyone to voluntarily stop consuming stuff that, that's bad for the planet because nobody wants to do it you know i've been talking about riding a bike to work every day and talking about going vegan to people for 20 years and people just go yeah but i like cheese well sorry i guess the but fucking also- fate of the planet uh, didn't matter as much as you eating a fucking cheeseburger no, but I mean, you also understand, or, uh, you know, I would, I would hope you understand, like that these systems are are put in place to make it almost impossible for you to ride a bike to work. I mean, there's people sure. that, you know, but you can like still, that, and that, but that's by design. That is by design, right? And I tell people on the left, like, if you really want to have a, a socialist, utopian, anarchist society, go to those urban planning meetings at the city council. Because the, the guarantee that people that do show up to all those fucking meetings are the liberal capitalist developers, right? And the way that we build cities mm-hmm. has everything to do with the way we consume resources and the way we use cars or don't use cars, right? And, and I've been t- saying this forever that you want to have a socialist revolution, you're not going to do it with guns, for one, not in this country anyway. And you're, and you're not going <laughs> to no, do it no. with fucking Twitter memes or, mal- or rallies. It, it's about getting organized, yes, but it's about showing up to the meetings where the decisions are made about how to build the city, right? The whole idea of right to the city as a movement. David Harvey's been talking about this. Marxist interpreter David Harvey's been talking about this. We have to be involved in all those things if we want to solve climate change. It can't just be, oh, let's ban coal. That's not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. We we certainly should do that though. Also, right. I mean, you know, right. which we're not even remotely willing to do. But well, so, I, I, but, co- I mean, coal's that, definitely going on a business on its own. Um, no, fossil fuels in general. I mean, we we need to completely transform our 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 energy grid to a completely renewable. And there's no logical reason why we haven't, other than fucking capitalism. Sure. Uh, like, there's well, no. And for all my criticism um, of of the climate justice movement, I think that targeting the fossil fuel energy producers is the easiest target, right? Because we can shift to still 
have clean energy that is still market-based, which is stupid, but it, it's where people are, are moving. And it doesn't involve people really changing their consumption habits because telling Americans and the white Westerners to not consume the way they consume is it's heresy in this country to tell people to consume less. Yeah. Jimmy Carter tried doing it and look what happened to him. Yeah. They, they mocked him. You know, they he tried to fuck. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's just, and I, and I, and I, it's on people but it's also like i think a lot of people it's just the the way that it's so ingrained in your dna as an american to do these things to consume to use like it it's so they 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 not only instill in you that this is it's not optional this is just how things are done and also they create these systems that make it so much like like so what you were saying about the sea playing means i agree but i mean to to an extent isn't that like even if you show up to these meetings, these people are just going to fucking outspend you no matter what and buy the votes on these on these city councils. Oh, they like, try. I, I, they try. But there's still a there's still a big like PR that. game involved. And that's why you see a lot of architectural sure. firms being hired to be PR, essentially the PR wing of big developers. So they go from designing stuff to being the the people that write the articles in the newspapers in support of these things. So if, if they're having to do that, that shows the weak points. That if you get a community organized against a huge mega development that's going to be unaffordable, you have a lot of power in organizing people to do that. Um, it, it, yeah, so I, I've been in those meetings before. And if you get 300 people to show up to testify against a project, that project's not going to happen, right? Uh, 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 Sierra Club has been really good uh, at getting hundreds of people to show up to a single hearing for a fossil fuel terminal. When you get 600 people who are all, you know, retired gray hair, uh, boomer people, all wearing the same, you know, ain't no coal t-shirt, you know, uh, fossil free America, whatever, to a single uh, DEQ hearing, and every single person is allowed two minutes to speak, you're going to shut down that fucking coal terminal permit. You will. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's another reason why, you know, going back to what we were saying about civility and use, use of fear, I, I think that's the only thing that these people respond to is being terrified of that that that's subtle but not so subtle threat of like hey we're peaceful now but if you keep fucking with us we're not going to be so peaceful like that's i think that's such an important that's a that's the only tool we fucking have as as the lowly you know plebs that we are is that we have the numbers to say like if you don't quit fucking with us and doing the things that we want you to do uh this is not going to end well for you like that. That's a, a, that should be a constant fear in every elected officials in the back of every elected official's mm -hmm. mind. And it hasn't been for a long fucking time. And I think it's starting in a lot of ways to come back because people realize how fucking futile this, this current system that we have is um, you see it a lot with the Kavanaugh shit. People are just so fucking despondent and hopeless. And I was too, when I, when, when he got confirmed, but I'm like, this is really showing a lot of people like, guys, it doesn't fucking matter how loud you scream until you really start putting your bodies on the line and start making them fear for their fucking lives. Nothing is going to get well, done. Well, you know. And I'm not I'm saying not, like te do fucking terror. No, I'm, just, you I, know I'm what not I'm saying, saying like, make threats. I, would, I don't support doing violent shit. I mean, we talk about guillotine somewhat metaphorically, but, you know, at the same time, the the fear may be there because they don't know. 
where it might come from. You know, I, I don't I don't want anyone to live in fear. But if if somebody who has power on the Senate is doing something that makes millions of people have to fear they're going to not be able to feed their kids, uh, then guess what? That the person deserves a bit of fear back in their life for what they've done to millions of people. Yeah, no, absolutely. <sighs> God, it, it, it really is like an incredibly daunting uh, hill to climb. <laughs> just, just, just to even think about all these things, let alone to uh, consider how we would move forward as a society to see these things kind of reformed. But well, you know, just uh, keep in mind, uh, if Hillary Clinton was president right now you and I would be talking about this stuff still, but uh, everyone else would still be out of brunch. So yeah, no, it's it true. Uh, they, they freely admit it. So I, I think, you know, in, in some ways this is hopefully the fucking kick in the ass that people need. Unfortunately, the question is whether or not we can do anything about it. Or if these people are just going to stay in power forever through, you know, shady fucking yeah. means. Well, you know, I've been critical of the women's march or the women's rally, those those things, because it didn't mm-hmm. really have any material uh, outcome. Asks. They never yeah, ask. Yeah, but I think it's like you got to give people time to formulate stuff. People said, well, Occupy Wall Street's been around for four days. Where's the list of demands? You know, and that was the. <laughs> that's fucking right. happen, that's that not how a movement works. Ridiculous. So uh, in looking at the number of, of actual you know, democratic socialist women that are running right now, I, I feel like uh, I should give some credit back to the Women's March, some of that organizing for helping rally a lot of people that didn't know where else to go with their anger about that and, and helps some people come to realize what it is they really wanted rather than just what they were mad about. Sure. And I think, and I think a lot of those candidates, luckily, because they've kind of been awakened uh, in their own way, are moving far to the left of that. What at times was a very corporate, you know, organized event and corporate funded event in the women's march, like, but but it, but it did, it did, it was the catalyst for a lot of people. And then I think that what the kind of centrist business class liberals didn't realize is that when you activate all these people, they're not just gonna listen to everything you say they're going to do their own research and they're going to realize oh fuck this system is fucked up and we do need fundamental changes and we need bold changes and then i think that's why they're all kind of scrambling to hold on to the reins to kind of ride this wave but at the same time try to moderate it and pull it back to the right oh and yeah i think the that they're kind controlled of controlled opposition so. absolutely i i do wonder sometimes anytime any so-called progressive is calling for civility how much of that is controlled opposition like we've got this huge movement and how do we make sure it doesn't do anything effective right because any real Mm -hmm. grassroots organizing getting people involved that felt apathetic that were disenfranchised anytime they really have power that's always going to trend towards the left right and that scares the people that want the status quo so they're going to try to embrace it and then corral it so it can't really change anything and that's the real danger so but at least you have to get people out there in the streets to begin with before they even realize the power they have yeah you just got to get them used to the concept i think and then from there you can really work on uh channeling that rage into uh the proper channels like the <laughs> channeling it towards the people who actually deserve to have that rage channeled towards exactly. them and not just towards well, a nebulous concept and, and clearly of like, the proper you know, channel is to whatever. donate to move Science. on dot <laughs> no. no obviously no, no, no. that's what we've been talking about this entire <laughs> podcast so yeah again that's 
moveon.org slash move left. That's our affiliate link. Every and, dollar uh, you donate to this cast, we donate to move on. So <laughs> <laughs> pull the wool out from it. Uh, yeah. And we're also working with Acorn, by the way, you know, behind the scenes. I know, I know people think they're gone, but they're, they're not gone. <laughs> Acorn is back, baby. <laughs> I mean, if if there hasn't been like after the whole Acorn debacle where liberals just let that organization get steamrolled and destroyed by the right wing, like how did anyone think that they were fit to lead the fucking party? The people that, that let that fucking happen after that, like they literally just created this conspiracy bullshit out of whole cloth and well, and and completely shut down yeah, this. And they let the conservatives know that they can ice any liberal or Democrat they want by pulling the same tactic. You know, you might you might think that yeah, exactly. some of the stuff Al Franken did was definitely misconduct, but to ask him to resign for taking like a a staged photo where he's not actually even touching somebody, you know, like in just or or going after uh, what's his name from the um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movies, like don't you realize these people know they're fucking James yeah Gunn. they're fucking lying, and you still will let them take down your heroes <laughs> like why or your your people. Yeah. Marvel's really fucking. They did that, and then today they fired a guy, uh, Chuck Wendig, I think his name was, because he wrote. Um, he he was writing one of the Star Wars comics. Since they have Star Wars now, they've been writing a lot of you know Star Wars. Co- they've started a whole new comic line for Star Wars, and he wrote some LGBT character into one of his arcs. And of course, all the fucking you know chuds online immediately were like you know spewing hatred at him, and he was arguing back with them and calling them fucking assholes. And Marvel like fired him today for like vulgarity and promoting uh, discord or some some absurd fucking. And it's like, guys, you are pissing away all the goodwill you had with all your movie franchises being way better than DC's. Like you're you are pissing away all this goodwill by being this fucking just cowering little bitch of a corporation I'm, who I'm will honestly, do anything to appease the I'm right amazed wing. That these big mega corporations allow any of their creative people to run their own Twitter accounts. It's it's like you'd think that would be a part of their their contract is that for the duration of the, as being an employee, they're not allowed to do their own tweets. But you know, obviously, they still do. But that'll that'll be like the next dis- level of dystopia where. Anybody in the public realm is immediately has their social media account taken over by another corporate entity. Well, the joke's going to be a Marvel because James Gunn signed on to write and direct <laughs> yeah. uh, Suicide Squad 2. And he actually might fucking revive that franchise and maybe DC movie and make a good fucking can, DC movie. Yeah, I don't know if you can say you can revive a franchise that's only had one movie that was utterly terrible. <laughs> like it's never been, it's never been vived in the first no, when place. I say fr- unvived I, I, and then revived. W- w- when I say that, I mean like the 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 concept of the DC universe oh. or whatever. You know, did they like have the, a concept? I've never seen it before. <laughs> well, so. <laughs> um rain uh dark uh, mother's name martha dc character (laughs) into a christopher nolan dark brooding version of it like yeah that's definitely one to see but christopher nolan actually understood how to do it well Zack snyder because he's an ayn rand disciple fucking lunatic has no concept of why uh superman is a hero or why he's a character to look up to he's he thinks that he's just the, this shining beacon of 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 you know human perfection even though he's an alien and like he doesn't understand that superman is supposed to be a symbol of hope and you know a symbol of uh, uh the downtrodden and things like he just doesn't because that's not who he fucking is as a person that was like the worst person to yeah. give 
that fucking character to is an Ayn Randian so lunatic like Zack Snyder. This is the third but movie we're reviewing. Whole separate podcast. Now, uh, on a podcast. <laughs> Can you tell we just want to do movie reviews like all the time? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I wanted to do um, one earlier this week and somebody bailed out. So, hey, man, I felt like shit. I don't even know what happened yeah, to me. Food poisoning, um, sure. Yeah, I got fucking poisoned. Like, <laughs> um, I think I got actual poisoned. Um, no, so, uh, yeah. Oh, but by the way, regarding that, uh, Batista, who, you know, it was actually really had James Gunn's back. He's uh, Drax in the Guardians uh-huh. of the Galaxy's movies. Is basically like, I don't want to fucking do these movies anymore. And he's saying that he wants to join James Gunn, which would actually be dope as hell in Suicide Squad. And I was like, he would make an I awesome he, Bane in that yeah, universe. I hope he takes over Will Smith's character, though, because I don't really like Will Smith. So. <laughs> Well, but you know, Will Smith was like one of the only good parts oh, of that no, movie. No, that's the true. First movie I blocked it out of my memory. He was, so I he was really remember. good, like in that movie. <laughs> I just um, I like Will Smith, man. Yeah. I don't know. He's done a lot of shit, but I mean, he, he when he's his good movie roles are good. Like, I'm not talking Wild Wild West, but you know, Men in Black. I, I still it's, it's not even a like role. You've heard the Kevin Smith bit about the guy that wanted that made that movie that really just. Oh, the wild, yeah. He wild really West. just wanted to have a giant robotic spider, and just that's all a he giant wanted. Fucking spider, yeah. Just a weird, that was such a funny uh, story he tells oh, about that yeah. dude. He's he's good. Yeah. Oh, but, apparently um, Kevin Smith's gone totally vegan now. They almost had like eight heart attacks in a row. Um, just a, another. He looks good. Looks, I looks, don't know. Uh, he, it's weird when somebody who I mean, looks been weird for their whole life suddenly gets skinny because then they're just like like that whole, like Jonah Hill and Maniac <clears> and uh, <throat> the fourth fourth. Thing. Oh yeah, he's weird. He fucking looks weird, it's man. Just, like his head looks. Yeah, weird. it's because he's got a but a loose, loose saying skin. that. Like I don't want to shame yeah, him. When but... you lose a ton of weight all at once, you your skin doesn't have time to firm up and it just hangs off you. It's it, it's that like fat bastard at the end of Austin Powers three thing where you got like the the the, the you know the vagina neck like it's such a weird Austin Powers reference. I think it's time to wrap this up if we're going into Austin. Powers Yeah, I know. I think we're we're getting a little punchy if we're, if we're starting to review Austin Powers. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So uh, in any event, it's <laughs> a politics show, right? At I some point, I, we just so, jumps um, into review. But you know, uh, sorry to bother you so much. That... Sorry to bother you. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do that very soon. Um, obviously, we got some some horror themed stuff since we're still in October. But sorry to bother you. I think will be our first uh, November movie Fuck review yeah. for sure. So oh, everyone, uh, be sure to yeah, go see that. Ash if you said haven't. something about wanting to hop in on that one since she had seen it too. So I don't know if you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. We'll have her on. Maybe Jules will come on. Um, but uh, yeah, in any event, uh, come check us out next week. Uh, we're going to hopefully have a movie review for you soon. Uh, we're going to be doing review of the Lost Boys. And uh, we are on SoundCloud, uh, soundcloud.com slash move left. You can go subscribe over there. You can uh, find us in the Apple Podcasts app. Uh, you can rate, review, subscribe over there. I keep saying iTunes, but it's really not iTunes. <laughs> I want to make a conscious effort to say Apple Podcast yeah. because nobody uses fucking iTunes. Everyone has no, like on their phone it's the podcast. Weird. App. Are we on Apple TV? I don't even know what that is, but I just want to imagine we're on there somewhere. No, I have an Apple TV. I had an Apple TV. The fucking that lightning storm fried it, so I have to oh, hopefully get some insurance shit. money for That's that. That's why you always get the Apple, Apple TV care is like a Roku because you never know when some lightning's gonna strike. <laughs> Oh, but it's such fucking. It's such a scam, though. That their their whole Apple Care thing is such a fucking I scam. Know, I think. I um, we are but, uh, also so yeah, we're on, on Facebook. <laughs> we got a bunch of new followers on Facebook recently. So 
somehow that's still working. Yeah, Facebook.com slash move on. You can find <laughs> No. <laughs> no, we're at Facebook.com slash move left. Yes, idiots. there you go. Um, uh, you can find uh, some t shirts with our logo on them over at uh, teespring.com slash move left. That's a good way to support the show, helps us pay our hosting Very good fees. way. And there's some cool shit. For you. <laughs> there's cool shit over there. We have mugs, we have tote bags. Uh, you know, if you want to. You know, skip the plastic bag. Go get a move left tote bag. Kill two birds. It's antibacterial canvas. Um, Uh, It may even be hemp. I'm not sure. Yeah. And you can wash it. I mean, you know, those things get pretty grody. I I know. So um, (laughs) (laughs) that was suggestive in a weird way. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah no, it sounded way like weirder than I, it, <laughs> than I intended it to but uh no so no they get fucking gross you know like the, the supermarket checkout uh scanners are pretty or like a fucking i'm, I'm a bit of a germaphobe if you've been able to yeah. tell, but, but those things are grody as shit the the checkout scanner things you know people have their bleeding like chicken blood yeah, on there and like yeah. all that when, when i was living on the west coast uh, and they were trying to ban plastic shopping bags the um plastic uh making industry hired a bunch of lobbyists to to come up with an ad campaign it was literally that uh canvas shopping bags could uh spread e coli and it's like fucking wash them idiot <laughs> like it's made out of cloth i think we've known how to clean cloth for about oh i don't know the last 40,000 years they lost that fight by the way yeah yeah Oh, they oh they didn't ban plastic bags. No, no, no. I'm saying the the plastics lobbyist, uh, their their oh, ridiculous okay. argument did not win over anybody, and uh, it, <laughs> they got rid of those. Gee, I wonder why. It was so convincing. Um, yeah. So we're on Teespring. <laughs> anyway, tote, tote bags. Teespring.com slash move left. Uh, I am on Twitter at move underscore left. Uh, I am also on Twitter where today Boots Riley retweeted me on Twitter. My tweet got retweeted by a famous <laughs> guy. Uh, and my account is at chaos rat 1999. Yeah. And we will see you next week.